Hello. Hi, Maria. Hi, Zero. <laughs> um, well, I mean, welcome, welcome back to class. I didn't say that before the video. Um, so let's kind of like where, where, where we at right now, right? Like what's happening? Um, after the attack of the Anadis in the final meeting with, and the final meeting with Teacher Ott, um, things begin to slowly return to a sense of normalcy at the Magambia. You're currently waiting for the famed Genetimo uh, to return to campus. This individual who is not only Teacher Ott's own beloved mentor, uh, but from everything that you're hearing around campus, one of the Magambia's cleverest lore speakers and the leader of the Uzunjanti branch. That's great. But you have no clue how long that's going to be until mm -hmm. he's back. Mm -hmm. If I've learned anything from the Uzunjanti branch is they go by their own timeline. <laughs> yeah. And, and Gentimo's known to be like, just never in one place for very long. Just kind of, you know, so who knows? They'll be back eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, so meanwhile on campus, the, the flurry of activity outside of Tireless Hall uh, has been broken down, uh, sorted, put away. The teachers and packs of students running about with important missives and missions transitions back to outdoor classes and strolling students. The weather, with its innate sense of timing, seems to be transitioning along with the current events. The hot days of summer are beginning to cool, and touches of early autumn are felt in the air, and everyone seems eager to maximize their time before the rainy season begins anew. You've been here nine months now. Soon, it'll be a year. Now, from your Uzanjanti classes, you hear of an upcoming performance from another class to be held on the speaker's stage for the greater Natambu population. Your teacher that morning was explaining it as like a tactful way to ease tensions for the general population after everything that happened. And that's great, but the ease in which the giddiness and excitement overtakes your fellow students, it's as if they've already moved on. So, Taliatia, how does that make you feel? Tal is in a strange and uncomfortable place uh, these last couple of weeks because <clears throat> she's had to come to an understanding about how some facets of the world work in ways that are different than how they always thought the world should work and having to come to terms with all of that which they have not done yet given the couple of weeks <laughs> um has really been a challenge for them so seeing things as you said go back to normal um is so distant from how Tal sees things because it's Tal is fundamentally changed a bit 
in how bit, yeah in how she sees the world uh it's it's different now it's a different shade than it was all the pieces are still the same but now it's kind of tinged uh yeah. it's not as bright and sunny as well it what it's gone through different shades but it's it's even it's even diff more different now and it's like you're, you're left with like some residual thing that everyone else seems to not be carrying. So, so they, yeah. they, they let it go and moved on. Yeah. And you're struggling with that. Yeah. Is that yeah, because I I think it's it is because Tal doesn't know what they're holding on to. It's just there. And it's uh it's oppressive and it's all consuming. Uh and it it they don't know how to ask people about it so they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So this residual feeling that you're left with after specifically kind of this class where like everyone was like, just, oh, yay, the new play. That's so exciting. This class, whatever. Uh, it's a little difficult to shake off. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of brings it up to the forefront, to the surface. Mm -hmm. And perhaps the disquiet in your own heart is part of what brings your thoughts back to Stone Ghost. And you've mentioned to me that you have an interest, Tal, in the history of the school itself. Like you're you're seeking to make sense of why or how how someone could get so angry, right? They would wish to destroy something that seems so good. The school seems like it's supposed to be good. Luckily for you, that was the your only lecture today. Um, you have plenty of time to kill before meeting up with the Sprout House crew for dinner. Um, would you be interested in using this time to research a little bit about that curiosity at the Archhorn Library? I do believe I would. That would be lovely. Cool. Um, so... That sounded so railroady. It really wasn't. That was a genuine question. <laughs> it was like no, a lead up, but you mentioned I it. I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um, so, so you kind of cross campus, and it's a little weird because the Archhorn Library, like below the Archhorn Library, was where all those caverns were that you were yeah. exploring. There's, I think there is. There's that like that weird moment of. Uh, being in the library itself is okay, but then, like, Tao sees the hallway that leads down to where those tunnels were and everything, and it's just, like, this invisible shadow kind of not actually is there, but feels like it's there. Yeah. No, makes a lot of sense. So, like, you... The Archhorn Library, ignoring the catacombs beneath it, is actually a beautiful piece of architecture. Um, it is a very large building on campus, and you know the Bagambia is a center of learning and like one of the biggest and best. And so this uh, this library, the Archhorn Library, is like kind of a world famous library. It's like going mm -hmm. to Washington D.C. It's very mm -hmm. much like this is where almost all the information is. Um, so. There's a lot to explore. Um, and you're here for the history of the Magambia. Um, mm -hmm. You know how this works. You've researched here and studied here before. So you go in and you go to the front desk and you kind of get pointed to the right section and you start, you know, going up. This is the third floor uh, because 
the history of oh my god the dissonant talking it's real great <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my god where are we <laughs> we in a um, <laughs> guys it's a library <laughs> um so most of like the the uh, studies of magic and things like that that's more on the first and second floors uh, because it's more relevant to the students and the work here um, history of that type of stuff that's all the way up on the third floor um, which at least is a little bit more quiet that's nice um, so up you go and you start looking um, we're gonna need a check of some kind um, do you want like I think society I have works? okay I have yeah. academia lore. Ooh, I like that. Okay, because okay, it's okay. specifically, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the academia lore is specialized information on a narrow topic, and this one, I believe, is specifically about the Magambia. Gorgeous chef's kiss, beautiful. Because I think we all technically have that with our now thingies. In a, uh, is it, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? That, I think that was like. A branch edition, I think. Yeah. It was John, like one of those things. Cool. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So that's wonderful. And then in addition to that, the Archorn Library being such a vast collection of information and you're literally, li- li- ooh, <laughs> words, literally looking for the Magambia in, in the Magambia. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to have a circumstance bonus of plus two to this check regardless for your location <laughs> of research. So go ahead and roll that. With the, all those lovely bonuses. <laughs> Great. So plus two on top of my plus 11 oh, um, is a 23. A 23. That's a lovely number. So I will tell you this. Because of your mention of interest to me, Apriya, I have been able to do my own research uh, and learned a lot, by the way, just sidebar, like me to the audience, learned a lot about Natambu. Really interesting shit. Uh, nice. <laughs> cool things. Um, Besides, but- this aren't just for you. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is, um, that's a definitely a good enough role to be able to find the books that you're looking for. But nonetheless, I want you to slightly direct the direction of your interest here. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you... Um, some areas to start with, and then we'll kind of dive deeper. Now, for you as well, this in this sort of you know one-on-one session, um, this is still character knowledge that you are gaining for your character that you can share in uh, you know in the campaign as a whole and everything. Um, and I have plenty of like legitimate lore drops to give if that is of interest to you. Um, there's so much information here, and I would love to share it. I don't want to do too much. I don't want to be talking for an hour mm. here. Don't get me wrong, but just you know, start to thinking about what direction of information you want, and I'm happy to give it to you. Okay. We can look at the city of Natambu because that's where the Magambia is focused, and sort of its history and uh, Magambia's interconnection with it. Then we can talk about Magambia in its modern sort of interactions with the city and it's sort of maybe almost like a pulse check of like the vibe of the city and as it interacts with the Magambia and then of course there's the founding of the Magambia which will be a little bit harder to find um, pending you know we might have a couple more rolls as we go Mm -hmm. cool 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 cool. Um, I think 
I think Tal is a lot more focused on specifically the school. I think that they're they're while their wish to know a lot of things is wide, um, they do kind of have like a very specific focus in this school seems to have done something that made someone right or wrongly uh, try to do terrible harm. So, because they weren't trying to destroy the city. Yeah. They were just trying to hurt this. So I think the that school. that's, it's fo- definitely going to be focused specifically on the school. Um, if that's where we want to start. And if you need more narrowing, I can narrow. So the founding you, is absolutely on my radar, by the way, like that general time frame. Got it. Start so you are walking through these, you know, little, um, they're not hallways. What the, you, between, between shelves? What do you, what do you want oh. between shelves? Aren't they like, I just call them out. I don't know. Aisles. Aisles. The disembodied uh. voice of waffles. Help me out here. Uh. I was like, there's a word. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you're perusing the aisles of this library. And there are in this beautifully architectured like space, Lots of alcoves. There are, of course, sectioned uh, study rooms and things like that. But the third floor is usually also pe- where people go to, like, really study hard and, like, mm-hmm. close doors and things like that. So they're usually, like, full. So you're, you're just, like, you're walking through and you go into the right section and you're kind of between this one section that is all about, like has a lot of books about the Natambu uh, space. You know, it has like, oh, the political uh, makeup of Natambu. You're like, nope. Uh, you have like, <laughs> just plenty, plenty, plenty. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm looking for this specific thing. Mm-hmm. You find an older history book, um, the book itself being older. And it doesn't, it has that crack in the spine that it's definitely been read a few times, but it's otherwise... Um, it doesn't have like the one of the more modern covers either of these books, and it just reads the Magambia. Hmm. I'll flip it open to I don't know a page or two. Yeah. I'll just kind and of you've collected a handful of other books here, so you have probably like maybe like four or five books in your arms to be like I'm gonna you know check these out, but this one seemed to stand out to you. Um, so with these in your arms and kind of looking around, you know, you're not likely going to find the little alcove space here. So, or a uh, study room. So you kind of go and, and find at the end of this little hall, a little alcove space. Um, there seems to be a pile of books that someone has like left here unsorted for the library, which is not necessarily the most typical, but you're like, here's a nice little like corner space I can nestle into. And you, you go in there um, and you crack open this book. The things that you read, and you're just kind of skimming at first to make sure, right? That's what I got from Mm -hmm, you. You're just mm -hmm, kind of checking. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's some information that you've heard from, like, your opening speech with Teacher Ott, which had to do with Old Mage Jatembe. And that name is is familiar for you because people talk about Old Mage Jatembe like a legend, really. The founder of the school. And this is somebody back, 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 back since Starfall times. Like, like really, really, really ages and ages ago. And it starts with the legends say 
that after old mage Jatembe had gathered the ten magic warriors and defeated the most pressing foes, he turned his attention towards helping his peoples. In the village of Natambu, he built a school from which he and the warriors could spread their knowledge and allow Garun's people to protect themselves, thrive, and create. It's like that first paragraph that you read. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of the area that you're looking for? I think so. Okay. So this is kind of starting ages ago. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you do know of your current knowledge, because this is what I'm curious of. Mm-hmm. Are you, and you can take your knowledge as character knowledge, however you feel like it. Cool. Or you can roll. <laughs> Whatever you choose. <laughs> How familiar are you with the Ten Magic Warriors? Uh, of the me, myself, personally, zero percent. <laughs> Um, I feel like if Tal knew about them, it would be because of stories. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do you want to roll? I would love to roll. So let's do this. It would be by chance of like stories around a campfire, but it could be because they traveled a lot. Very possible that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's do, I, this should be probably a society check. I think just a general. Yeah. All right. In a, in, we live in a society, I hear. <laughs> what? Not me. Um, 12. 12. Okay. Um, there are 10 statues around the Bagambia. Yeah. You're like, oh, yep. that's probably what those are then. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, there's 10 large statues. Oh, and you know what? Uh, Chizure, when you were, like, at that party, that one time did mention wanting to prank one of those statues. Yes. Yeah. That was the the other mention of those. Um, and then, as you're reading, you, uh, you're pulled to, like, a couple of sections. So, there is the circle in the center of campus. We had a picnic there once. <laughs> you had a picnic nearby. It wasn't exactly in the circle. It was um, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, this is my bad as a GM for not properly describing the circle. Um, so I'm going to do that now because it's depicted in this book as well as with a beautiful image. Um, and you realize that the circle was the first project that was ever built here. In the Megambia. That circle was the founding of the Megambia. It's a structure made of pillars of stone, wood, flame, water, air, ice, light, and electricity. So in the center of campus stand this magical columns made of these materials, and they all support a glass dome. That still stands. As you're you're reading it depicted as if like it was talking about, oh, back then this is what they built. And you know that that same structure still stands mm-hmm. right there in the center of campus. Next, they built ten distinct buildings. One for each of the ten magic warriors. Initially serving as homes and workspaces for the warriors to practice their arts. The buildings were expanded over time into dormitories and classroom spaces. Uh, And you're kind of reading this paragraph and starting to trail off like students came from the far and wide and like that type of stuff. But you're like, in the back of your head, you're like, 
wait, 10 building, which buildings? And you got you put that yeah, book aside yeah, for exactly, a second. Exactly. exactly. And like, yep, yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly where my brain was going. If like 10, 10, 10, I don't care about these students anymore. <laughs> um, so you kind of cross-reference. the cool clubhouses. <laughs> and you look through another one that's kind of just talks about uh, more modern day, like buildings and things like that. And you're able to identify the 10 buildings that, that is being talked about here. Mm-hmm. Archhorn Library, the very building you're in. The Between. The Elephant Museum. Warden House. Tireless Hall, where the attack was. The Heron Archives, where Teacher Otz uh, and Teacher Ulawa's uh, offices are. Indigo Hall. Shifting Greenhouse, Whistle Tower, and Verdant House. Hmm. Um, hmm. Some of these you would have, you would know. So I'll give you like, you know, Archhorn Library, obviously. Is the this. Elephant Museum I'm familiar with. Yep, um, and you know, so the Elephant Museum also, like, it's where, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his, that teacher's name, uh, the, the one, one that's that a little mouth? paranoid. Uh, yes, the one that gave you the math, the one that's like, right. conspiracy theory a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but also, it does house, like, amazing amounts of magical artifacts and things like that. It is a museum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tireless Hall, you know it's an auditorium. Yes, go ahead. I have a question about the one called The Between. The between, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a boop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I got alarms going off. <laughs> um, you've heard. I don't think you've. I don't think Tal has ever utilized the between. Um, Probably but, not. <laughs> but you've heard some of the like students that usually not the perquisite students, usually more upperclassmen and things like that that have been here for a while. The between is used as like a maker space of a sort where people who have projects and things like that, there's a lot of like open uh, spaces and things like that. So if you're ever like looking to invent or like uh, work on a magical project and things like that, there's a lot of tools and, and usefulness. It's just this big um, maker space and mostly uh, cascade bearers utilize that area. Everyone's welcome to it, but it, it would like, it's just something that the cascade bearers gravitate to. But the the name sounds cool, and these names oh, are yeah. like not all. They don't all like a hundred percent make sense. Um, if you want to try to piece together information about the ten warriors, if it, if they're of interest to you, you could like this is if Tal's getting kind of going down this rabbit hole. So don't feel the need to say yes to everything that I. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you want to try to figure out who these 10 warriors are and how to piece them together to like what buildings they are or like mm-hmm. anything like that, we can do that with an additional role. Okay. Um, I, I think that's like, it's like a little bit of an interest of like, oh, that sounds like it would be cool, but it also feels uh, for them in this moment, a little bit of a sidetrack. Like it, that would be a really cool piece of information that I would have no, it feels like it doesn't, apply to why in the world I'm here sitting on the floor surrounded by books. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
you do, I will say, um, with the 21, there's like a couple of things. And I'll say, you know what? This is the one that's... 23, by the way. 23, I'm sorry. 20, if it matters, <laughs> oh I don't know God. if it matters. Oh, yes, I'll give it to you. I'll give you two just for that. Um, oh my gosh, thank you. The one that um, stands out to you is like in... Because you go back to the first book, the the older book, and you see mention of um, Black Heron and Ibex. And you think back to the story that Teacher Ott told you all at the masking ceremony. Yep. Ibex is one of the ten magic warriors. Interesting, though, that none of the... Hmm. Like none of the you can't you're not quite sure which uh building is related to Ibex though. Okay. Huh. So hmm. you figure out a little bit about these these buildings. Um and you go back to the other book. And you read a little bit about how it became how the Magambia became a space um, for everyone to learn. And you, and this is kind of like back, pulling you a little bit back on track because you're like, this place is supposed to be good. Um, so what is, this is a very curious question, what is Tal's mindset when she's reading through these books? And I don't mean the research aspect. Is there a thought in the back of Tal's mind are they trying to disprove what the Magambia, everyone's saying the Magambia is about? Or are they trying to confirm that this is a good place? They are... It's definitely leaning towards the latter of they're trying to reassure themselves that no, it was Stone Ghost that was wrong. And I use pretty big quotation marks around that because even thinking that there's a little bit of Tal that is thinking, but there was a reason for it. It was not a mindless act. Even though it was a spectral figure, it was once someone who felt things so strongly, something Tal's familiar with, um, that they persisted even after their body no longer existed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it was not good feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So there there had to have been a reason more so than just, oh, the teachers gave me extra. The, the teachers wouldn't let me do a murder. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in with that in in the back of their brain, of Tal's brain, um, you have two directions. You can look at. Uh, you can look at the thread of relations with Magambia. Um, mm -hmm. which might give you some insight into like, you know, people's feels about it. Um, mm -hmm. and as, as it goes from this ancient history to modern, mm -hmm. or you can 
go and learn about like the principles of the foundation of the Magad, like the principles that are imbued into like right. the the purpose of it. Um, clarifying question: Would I be able to um, deduce based on how I roughly gauge the age of our dear wonderful teacher Ott? Um, yeah. How long ago? stone ghost may have been a student here like when that event or those series of events may have transpired because the the angle that tao wants to come in is is exactly the first one that you said of the relationship between the magambia and other uh because i remember one of our first things that we were told to do as part of our prerequisite was to go and buy some chickens, but also to keep our beads hidden because the people in the market didn't necessarily enjoy the, the, the Gambia. Yes. So I will clarify that a little bit. The hiding of the beads was specifically for the traveling market. Mm-hmm. And it was more so that the traveling market is sort of like um a how do i say it like like um not a secret within the tambu but like a a private thing and they know that like if it's too easy for the magambian students it's like it's like a it'll just get overrun with magambian students kind of a deal so they they okay. tend to be more on guard kind of a thing and it was it's a little bit less like um oh we hate the magambia as a whole right. but more like this isn't for them right now, and we don't really like them here in this particular right. situation. Okay. But I think it there's, is still a that, there's, still, there's still that little bit of, like, there, maybe not, like, you know, outright hatred for, but that there's that still that caution from internally, like, from the Megamia being like, hey, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He doesn't mind. So, so you look through, and here you kind of have three books open at this point, trying to kind of piece together a little bit of a timeline. Um, so I will tell you this. The founding of the, the Magambia Academy happened in about 3,502. 3, it is currently 4,721. Can you give me those two yes. numbers one more time? <laughs> Yes, I numbers are bad for me too. <laughs> thirty five oh two. Okay. Thirty five oh two is the founding. Forty seven twenty one is the current year. So that is a thousand and a, over a years. thousand years yeah. ago. So things have changed, and you know it's not been that long. Teacher house is not that old. <laughs> Correct. Um, and so based on that, you're like looking far more modern. Um, far, far, far more modern than this old mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of flip to one of the Natambu books. Um, and you have here kind of a little bit, you, you're flipping through trying to find this and you find a little bit about uh, specifically how the Magambia uh, interacts with Natambu. Um, the Mag and you are trying to like work backwards on figuring out around when Stone Ghost was, but even through your Natambu books, like they're not very for a particular period. Like you, you're yeah. not quite able to do that. Um, but the Magambia at the city's heart attracts eager students from across and beyond the Mwangi expanse. Um, 
So you're like, okay, so it attracts people to the city is kind of what they're saying as well, which is good for the city. Um, it has renowned arcane instructors that don't confine their lessons to the academy's buildings or enrollment rosters. Um, and then it, it reads kind of like, you know, uh, likewise, students of the Magambi are not bound to one area of the city. Uh, those of means often have apartments in other districts. Those of less wealthy backgrounds still live comfortably within the academy dormitories. You're reading like they seem pretty integrated into the city. It's not very like a separate entity between these. Mm -hmm. um, this is a college town. I get it. It's a call. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and you kind of, you kind of are like, okay, well, that's great. And then the interesting thing though, that you kind of um, are able to pull though specifically from this is something you've read once in one of the classes and something that, uh, I forget, I think you've taken a class in some of the other branches as well. Like everybody takes a little bit in some of them. And so you talk, you, you remember this from the Tempest Sun Mages and it makes sense to you. Because of the Magambia, Natambu became a democratic haven. The Magambia's presence enhances the city's prestige and it contributes to the safety and stability of its people. Natambu maintains peace with its neighbors through diplomatically negotiated treaties and requires no standing army to protect itself, is one of the things that you're reading in like the Natambu books. And you realize that Natambu does not have an army. Hmm. Despite this, no attacks against the city have ever prevailed. The Magambia's Tempest Sun Mages have never let any foe within 20 miles of the city. And as such, the city houses very few soldiers, and most of its inhabitants devote their time to the arts. Principally glassmaking and wood crafting. You, you start kind of skimming about, like, there's an elected council that governs the mm -hmm. city, uh, and everyone can vote and run for office themselves. Like, you know, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And you stop reading through that. But from everything you're seeing, like, not only is it integrated, it is uh, it's kind of like it's reliant. Organ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you, that is what you're going to find about modern day. Um, there is not much like, yeah, maybe people nowadays like you can. OK, look, you can imagine Tal is a very smart person. Mm -hmm. That, like, independent people, magic users that are learning magic in an academic magic school are bound to cause trouble. Yeah. And, like, individually. Us never. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like, you know that, like, you're sure that there's, like, little pockets of places of Natambu that, like, might have that relationship, like, that you saw with the, with the um, moving market. Mm -hmm. But from, like, a historical perspective slash like overarching perspective like this is this is such a beautiful relationship between these two like uh factions mm -hmm. and you're not finding anything to prove your thoughts and it gets a little frustrating and you have at this point like four books open, one on your lap, one over, and then like you close the Natambu one with a sigh and like make me a perception check. 
Okay. <laughs> but where is it? Okay, I found it. I'm gonna use a hero point. Oh, okay. All right. Because that was fancy schmancy. Yeah, use them now. Natural twenty for a twenty. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, I love it. Um you sigh heavily and like close that book. Okay, well you did a lot of research and that's at the corner of your eye. Little alcove you're in. The pile of books that was kind of like left on the against the wall, the outer wall. You know, on a hot day, when there's like that, like things start to kind of like in the mirage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You swear the books moved in a way that books do not move. Nim, did you see those books move? No. I'll like in a moment. Crab walk over and like touch them, <laughs> and it's it's close to you, and oh, you see over. this, yeah. It, it starts to like shift and almost like roll, and this illusion of books in a pile is no longer really books in a pile. It looks it's kind of like shattered as the whole thing rolls, and then you see, and what were you doing? You were reaching I was out reaching towards, towards it. it, and then it became a, a blob, and I, I, I retract, <laughs> I retract my statement and my hand. So you have your hand kind of like halfway out, and you're yeah. like, yeah. and you roll, it rolls, this thing rolls over, like whatever, this pile rolls, and you see out from underneath, not a pile of books, but like a, a blanket or a cloak or something like that, two cat ears. <laughs> is it just right? <laughs> yes, it is. I <laughs> yes. You see him kind of like open one eye as he kind of like pulls it off of his face and looks at you. You see him frustrated. You seem comfortable. <laughs> yeah, this is usually not the place that people come, so I, uh, how did you do that? What? Uh, you, uh, you looked just like a pile of books. Oh, yes. Well, it's, um, I have this cloak and it's a, um, it's very comfortable and it was nice, but people kept bothering me because they didn't like me sleeping. And, and so I just added, I infused it with an additional, uh, simple illusion spell. Oh. And he talks like it's like, like, yeah, I nothing. Just, <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, just I just whatever. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that takes skill. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Tom can't something. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just infuse a magical item that was already magical mm-hmm. with more magic. Just this more additional magic. On your magic. Yeah. Hey, bro, yeah. I heard you like magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, he just kind of like, yeah, it's very comfortable though. And now no one bothers me. What's wrong? Why are you so frustrated? And you see his eyes glancing through the book titles, like, very rapidly. I'm trying... What do you know about this school? How long... 
Oh. How long have you been at this school? Uh, I think it's been like a year and a half or something like that. Okay. How much yeah. do you know about the school? Whatever people have said that there's that a person made it. Tal giggles. And, and he starts <laughs> just like stretching a little. I think I, uh, yeah. Don't know. Okay. Oh, and the, the statues people seem to care about, though. Well, that makes sense. Um, no, it's a little frustrating because I... So, you remember a couple of weeks ago and there was a big stuff happening and there was a ghost and he came out of the stone and he was made out of stone and it was... Oh, you know, I think... Mariama was talking a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I've been. Do you need this? It kind of takes one of the books you've closed. No, go ahead. He pulls it closer and like shoves it like under his head, like a little <laughs> pillow. <laughs> Perfect. Um. It's just kind of sad, funny with me, that. Someone who went here felt so angry and betrayed by this place, but everything that I'm seeing, everything that I remember people talking about, it it seems like it's doing some really good things, so I don't know. <sighs> I'm just trying to understand why someone would do something like this. Because it doesn't make sense. Do you feel angry? Ever? Tao, like, flashes back to literally <laughs> the, the, the stone ghost time and yelling at her friends. Sometimes. I do. I did. For a while. But it was a lot of effort um, to hold on to it, so I decided to let it go. But I wasn't always like that. <sighs> kind of yawns a little bit. People, people just... People like to get angry when they don't understand things, I think. And when they can't get people to view things the same way as them... And they can't get them to read well. Uh, but <laughs> I think that it's easy to choose being angry. And sometimes it's harder to understand the perspective that's not your own. So Tal's maybe brow kind of furrows at that. What if the stone ghost just wanted it to be done his way? Always didn't want to listen to anybody else. Yeah. 
suppose so. Did you know that I am dyslexic? No. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know for the longest time. I just thought I was bad at school. Well, I know and you're not bad at school. Yes, well... For the longest time... All I did was get people angry at me because I couldn't do what they wanted me to do. I know how that feels. Yes, so... You know, they... refused to once understand or think that maybe I was struggling with something else. But they, they decided. They decided I was lazy. They decided I was a slacker. So I said, okay. And sometimes it works that way as well. Sometimes you're given a label and just get it accepted and you're nothing but that label. And at this point, I've decided that I could have gotten angry and I don't want to. So I say, okay, I'll nap. <laughs> I'll sleep. I will do whatever I want to do. And I still make people angry. At that point, it's just kind of fun. But maybe Stone Ghost, all that he had left was the anger that people saw in him. That's so sad. Maybe. But he was dead, right? He was a ghost. I, I mean, I think so. He was. Definitely not. Just kind of like, uh, like touches like their fingers together, like person. Well, then I don't think, and kind of like sits up and like drops the blanket off of him. Sounds like uh, he should have been put to rest either way. But anyways, I think um. I think there's five minutes left. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a watch. He looks out like the window. <laughs> looks at his watch. I think there's five minutes left to the lecture, so I'm going to go show up for the last minute. And then he just kind of st steps up and starts to to walk away. Um, unless you stop him or anything. Uh. Yeah, as as like. He takes a couple of, of steps away um, from on the floor still, uh, or wherever Tal is sitting. Um, they'll say, Shizure? Hmm? I never thought you were lazy. Kind of, he hadn't turned around. He just kind of, like, stopped for a moment and, like, you know, did that, like, half ears. Like, you saw his ears turn uh, mm -hmm. towards you. And he kind of just looks over. And then he gives you, like this like snaggle tooth uh, grin like on one side <laughs> of his mouth and doesn't say anything it just keeps going uh, 
extra points with Shiree. Um, so and as up, <laughs> as as he walks away, um, and like turns the corner, uh, you look down and you see that that blanket is still there. He left it there. Oh. Now I'll give you one quick moment to think as Tal as well. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. So the Tal, you're immediate, very smart. Yes. The immediate <laughs> instinct though is, oh, he forgot something that is his. I should make sure that this gets back to him. And they like pick it up and then they kind of stop. And they like look towards where Chiziri went and they look down at this thing that's just here now. And they think Chiziri doesn't Chiziri makes it seem like he just does whatever he wants whenever he wants. But that's the thing he does purposely whatever he wants whenever mm-hmm. he wants to. So if he wanted to take this with him. He would have. <laughs> Very possible. And as you feel it, you feel it like it is soft. It is so mm-hmm. soft. And as you and you pick it up and you move it, you, re- you recognize it's not a blanket. It's actually a cloak that you can just kind of wrap around you. I think Tal will like touch it and then do one of those things where you like wrap your arms around it, kind of like a whatever those like fuzzy tubes are that you can put your hands in yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of just like really really feel it um, and think to themselves well it's getting cold outside <laughs> and there's none of these books are really telling me what I want to know so I'll just put it on and I'll just I'll just head out <laughs> I'll just Perfect. I'll, go. I'll put away my books <laughs> and you real as like when you pick there was no books here in this corner oh, at all. It was just yeah, it was just, yeah. It was great. And and <laughs> as you recognize it, like he said, he was dyslexic. What is he doing in a library? He literally came here just to sleep because mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. the third floor wouldn't be it's bothered. A great place to sleep. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> library atmospheres. Um, I fall asleep to those all the time. <laughs> so you put the cloak on, um, and. This is a Chizire modified cloak here. So, the existing magical item, if you wish to look it up and attach it to your inventory, is called a cloak of feline rest. <laughs> um, and it is comfortable. It is a. It's this. And when you wrap it around you, and you, it, uh, it is an invested item. It's like attunement, basically. So it is an invested item, but that takes like ten minutes. And as you kind of put it on, and uh, slowly invest it, and and just kind of get comfortable in it, you feel you feel comfy. You feel warm, and like it allows you, as long as it's not like super wet, super uh, comfortable space. Um, it allows you to find comfortable rest almost anywhere. And you get a, instead of usually if you're sleeping, you have a minus four to your perception. It makes it only a minus two. So you're still able to kind of be alert for it. Um, but this is not just a regular cloak of feline rest. It is imbued with a once per day illusory object spell. Um, 
this is modified a little bit, so the loser abject spell is, you know, usually takes uh it's like a ten minute thing or whatever. So I'll help you afterwards to like make sure it's it's all written down. But basically Perfect. this is just an illusory object spell that can be instead of the ten foot area or whatever it is, it's like just the area of the cloak. And it can basically look like something else. And it's just once per day. Okay. So you take this cloak around your shoulders and feel the comfort kind of seep in to your bones a little bit. Um, You still have some time to kill and you go, would you go, would you go to the dormitories or would you go to treehouse? Oh, treehouse. Yeah. To to the sprout house for sure. Tal's kind of, (laughs) unofficially given up sleeping in the dormitories <laughs> um in fact has moved almost all of their stuff to the sprout house excellent <laughs> they didn't have word lot, they moved has slowly gone around now it's not quite a secret anymore like mm-hmm. like so it's a building over, <laughs> yeah well no it's it's, it's a huge. building that's been tucked away kind of like forgotten about off campus and it looks like a tree stump and has mostly grown over so yeah. it was that's why it was most of the time like it is a building people do can find it but yeah it yeah. was like kind of off people's radar um and at this point like I, you mariama has come to like get you from sprout house before like it's getting yeah, to be yeah. like people know where to find you um and I don't think it like it's still I don't know probably about late afternoon or something like that at this point. Oh, yeah. Very important question that I just remembered. Yes. Where's Benji? <laughs> Benji was I did in... not forget about Benji. Benji I is in did. Sprout House. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I was thinking that we would let Benji Mostly B until the whole group's back together to determine. I think that's a great. I think y'all that's a great doing. plan. I think that's a perfect idea. Great, good, good. Currently, good. they have been sequestered to that one free room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So I don't know that it wasn't the. You've been a little uncomfortable for a while, and you're finally feeling like comfortable. Um. Physically, yeah. Fi- yeah, and like. Whether it was intentional or not, or maybe just kind of getting used to the cloak, um, you end up kind of falling asleep for a little afternoon catnap, if you will. Yeah, I imagine I'm just hanging in my little my little hammock, and got like a foot over the side, and Nim's like curled up on my tummy, and I'm just like petting them, and like just like very slowly nodding off. Cause it's just Absolutely. so, and I'm just, I've still got the cloak on. <laughs> it's just like a blanket now. And you just kind of fall asleep eventually, dozing off a little bit. Finally sleeping, getting rest, and you begin to stir. Horizontal, laying down. <laughs> And kind of have your arm pillowed out from under you and you put a hand down onto like the ground and you're like you were in a hammock not on the ground you feel it with your hand you feel leaves and dirt and grass and you slowly 
Open your eyes? Question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just nope. You're like, close it. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope. No, no. I do not perceive. No, no. Yeah. That very, like, bleary-eyed, super confused, kind of like, this isn't my house. <laughs> I don't I'm not. I don't wake up in my house. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you open your eyes and you find yourself laying in a foresty familiar space but you're laying curled up on the ground the cloak's still around you in front of a warm fire there is no traversing of the woods in this current moment and you wake up and slowly kind of sit upright and find yourself sitting by the fire Is Nim anywhere? You look around. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Make a perception check. Good. Fourteen. You look down kind of expecting them to be at least curled up, like nestled into you and they're not there. Um, Looking around, the fire in front of you makes the edges of the forest very dark. And it's hard to see anything, so you you don't uh, you don't see them. H- Hello. Hello, dear. Did you have a good nap? It kind of emanates from across the fire from you. Um. Well, that depends. Am I dying? No, dear. Nothing to worry about. Just a little visit to see how you're doing. Come closer, come closer. Let's get a look at you. And they'll like... They were sitting kind of cross-legged and they'll just like scoot forward, like not coming out of cross-legged, just kind of press into the to the grass and just kind of scoot themselves forward a little bit, hoping to also see them, whoever they <laughs> yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so as you kind of scoot closer... Um, Now, when you were last here, there was rolling, dense fog surrounding you. You had walked through this fog to get here, thanks to Nim. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, the little clearing that you're in, while obviously still clear, you look around and the, the fog isn't here. It is just this dark, quiet forest. Um, and as you scoot closer towards the fire, breaking out of the shadowed forest on the opposite side of the fire is a similar, uh, a familiar figure that breaks away from the shadow into its own three-dimensional form. And as it steps forward towards the fire, you are again taken aback to how huge this figure is. They are 
14 feet tall. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And prior, you saw them, like, sitting, and they seemed to, like, step forward. Um, And they still have their, like, hooded cloak covering uh, far, leaving, like, a lot of shadow under their face, and really you only see their chin and mouth and you see the three stripes that run down their chin. Okay. <laughs> For anyone who's listening to this, freaking syrup did their makeup and has freaking three stripes on their chin. It's just, it's a visual experience. <laughs> Immersion. <laughs> I was simply uh, sitting here being like, oh, syrup did something new with their makeup today. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The you, yeah you didn't have the best perception check so yeah that all that's really all you see um currently and as they step forward um almost towering over the like they're still a little bit away from the fire but they're mm-hmm. just they're they're huge, huge and it just it's feels thick. like they're looming right over you yeah. um and then you hear my look how you've grown. So much brighter, stronger. Oh. And then a large hand comes forward towards you. And you tense. Oh, yeah. Tal is trying (laughs) with every single fiber of their being to simply sit. And is trying really hard not to, like, back away. (laughs) is so like knows that they haven't been harmed by this person yet Hmm. previously but like feels feels very very scared (laughs) make a will saving throw let's see Ah! if you can avoid like (laughs) flinching back no No, this is this is like a like a flinch back like yeah like a preservation yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah Natural 20, 27. Ooh. You You feel every fiber of your self-preservation skills telling you, like, back away, back away, back away. And you hold still. The hand illuminates as it reaches towards the fire. And you see... A withered, old, veiny hand. And it goes and almost pats you on the shoulder. But it kind of encompasses almost your entire, like, arm inside of your, like, like just this mm-hmm. way too large space for you. And it just is sort of like little pat. And then you watch as it shifts and de-ages. And looks middle-aged. Don't have anything to fear, dear. Nims told us you're looking to learn a bit more. Nim scurries down the figure and kind of joins the ground next to the fire. You said you wanted to not have to be 
scared of those tough choices. And I said little sister could teach you. Right? Uh, oh, oh, this is, this is what you meant. Oh. Okay. The hand grows a little smaller, a little bit, as it's pulling away from you. It's not like on you anymore, but mm -hmm. you just catch it as it kind of pulls away. I hear you wanted to see more about the future. Do you want me to teach you? I can teach you. We can play. Oh, um. Is that is playing with the future okay? Oh, um, I just meant you and me. We'd play. Um, no, we won't. We won't. Don't worry. You. It kind of pauses for a second. My dear, you're not quite that powerful yet. You have nothing to fear. She'll teach you well. If you wish to learn. Will I... What will I learn? Oh, well... The figure moves to sit down by the fire. Its form halves as it kind of like curls its feet into a cross-leg uh, position and comes closer to the fire. As it does, it reaches up and pulls the hood back. You see before you a pale face massive blonde braids hundreds of them tumble down around it as long as they are all around it you see glitz of metals and different threads of uh jewelry and items weaved in to the braids and there on either side of their head is large ram horns that curl forward okay in front of you is a young woman and as the rest of the cloak is sort of revealed and the light gets closer to them you see a green dress with golden weaved thread cuffing their arms, the bottom of the skirt, and the collar of this neck, of this, like the neckline. It has different patterns and intricately weaved and in a shimmering gold thread. Did you know? Who we are? No. You didn't read the book yet, did you? 
give it to a friend. It shifts. She shifts. And you see it now, lit by the fire, flickering, and the light dancing across the face makes it almost odd as the face moves with it. And you see in front of you a matronly woman, older. Yes, well, your friend hasn't read it yet either. That's okay. We are shifts and ages. We were in the ages. And we will be a Norn. N-O-R-N. So when they said a a Norn, it is a Norn? Yep, they are. No, they're like a Norn. They are Norn. Like Norn is the name. Yes, yes, they are Norn. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Um, it's, it's nice to meet you. Well, no, I guess we've met before, but uh, I'm glad I know your name now. Always, we're going to. Isn't that great? Well, it, it kind of feels a little strange hearing it said that way. You seem worried. Nim says you're worried a lot. <laughs> like, glances over towards Nim. Like thinking to himself, what else have you told them? <laughs> um, um I, uh, it's just, it's just so different. Um, not used to talking to anyone in my dreams. We haven't really spoken. Well, the one time we did that I remember, I was in. I was. It was not a good time. So. It was. You see the old, like, wrinkled visage on the face now. Regrettable to be hastened so in our meeting, but. It was both hastened and as it always would be. There is no need to feel regret. As as they say that, however... <laughs> <laughs> um, Tal is brought back to the last time they were here and decisions that were made and things that have played out since then... When I made that choice, 
all yes. those months ago. What? What did I choose? Really? Well, you chose to weave your lifeline with another's so that you may continue. What if I don't want to be woven to another person anymore? The face quickly shifts to the young girl. Well, she leans in. She doesn't like it too much when, you know, you want to change the past. We can't really do that, so just, um, but. Maybe if you learn how to pull your own threads and those close around you, you can figure it out. Does that mean that if he dies, I'll die? Well, and the mouth like opens and shifts to the older woman. Now, dear, there are some things that you must wait. We can't tell you everything. Grow stronger still. Too much knowledge of the future gets convoluted for little ones like you. And you see a sort of, like, motherly, like, you know, that, like, it's still disquieting, but it's still that sort of motherly, <laughs> like, they're their child. <laughs> mm. Great. <laughs> You see it shift back to the little girl, and you see it pout a little bit. That's no fun. Can we play now? You wanna, you wanna learn, right? You wanna, you wanna not worry so much. You wanna here. And the hand reaches forward and sort of like plucks in the air, and you see. And it's a little bit, like, in front of you, like, uh, at your chest level. And as they pluck, there was nothing there. But when they pluck, you see a golden thread that shines from the center of your chest forward. And kind of glints and then fades into something that you can't see. Like, it disappears. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Tell nods. <laughs> okay. Show me what you can do. Um, is the thread the thread still there? Yep. Uh, 
Tyler's very hesitant to do anything because when told, what can you do by something that is big and old <laughs> and a little bit frightening, everything that Tal knows how to do disappears. <laughs> <laughs> do I know how to use these hands? Who's to say? Um, but then they think... Um, and the one, the one kind of spell that they had used, uh, once or twice before that seemed to pull on some kind of thread, um, mm. they'll try real hard to focus <laughs> <laughs> and, um, will go through the motions of casting loose times arrow. What does that spell do? Remind me. Uh, you pluck the time stream like a bow. <laughs> you pull one string back, release, and watch a creature fly. And then it makes targets quickened. Up to Who six do you targets. Focus the target as. Well, it's up to six of them. So myself, Nim, and Norn. <laughs> okay. So you go and you reach forward. And you pull a thread in front of you. And you pull it up like an arrow, focusing on the three creatures, and you let it go. You watch it fling kind of forward and back to the straight line that it was in, vibrating like that back and forth until it finally settles down. Um, and you watch Nim's like ears perk up, and you did it on yourself as well. Um, you feel it take effect. Mm -hmm. And... She giggles and claps her hands. That's so good. That's a great start. You can do better. Here. And she reaches out and uh, kind of just presents her hand to you. Like, oh, like you should take it. Like holding her hand, basically. Tiny cat paw goes into <laughs> giant hand hesitantly. As you touch her hand, you feel yourself disperse, almost. Um, and you see her in front of you also equally disperse, and in this sort of, like, cloud-like form, you begin to fly through the air, through the forest. Her alongside you, you see another, like, the cloud next to you, you see her, she's still, like, you're forms overlapping just a little bit and the wind just blows and pulls you away from the campfire. You fly through the trees dispersing easily around the foliage as you pass through until <laughs> until you reach a glade uh, opening space. You don't know how long it's been. You don't know how far you've traveled. It is confusing. And as you feel her hand pull away from yours, you rematerialize out of this cloud-like form into yourself in a glade. She stands to her full height and steps back. And in two steps is across the opposite side of this open sort of glade-like space in this forest. Now try to land a hit. 
What? Come on. You see now that thread is still in front of you. Focus. Uh, on, on what? Me. How far away are they? <laughs> they are probably about, um, let's see, let's see. Uh, let's make them 40 feet away for you. Oh, how an inconvenient distance. Oh, <laughs> that's gross. Um, Dang it. Hang on, I remembered things. I have to remember <laughs> things. We're level four, everybody. You are level four. <laughs> I gotta remember things that I've chosen. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Tal is at a loss. Is like, mm-hmm. we just went through a weird magical journey to this magical place, and I'm still dreaming. So, is this actually real? No, it actually is real. Otherwise, Ark is right. <laughs> um, and we can't have that. We can't have that. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not right now. Um, so I think, like, after this, like, momentary uh, passing of just chaotic thoughts of all of these things, they, like, stop and they take a deep breath and they try to focus. And they, they in their head, they're like, this is just like, this is just like school. This is just like sparring practice. This is just like school. Um... And so they are going to um, rush forward Mm -hmm. um, about 10 feet or so. A little more than that. (laughs) They're going to move forward. um, And then uh, they'll reach out uh, and uh, attempt to cast Grim Tendrils kind of pulling on whatever bits of shadow and shade that are around or on the ground or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. I know, but what if I just succeed? But what if it's just like succeed? Uh, it's a fortitude saving throw. Let me know if they fail. <laughs> um, is uh, Grim Tendrils two actions? It is. Okay. So, uh, and it's, it's, a uh, is it a line? What it is, is it exactly? It is a line. It is a 30 foot line. 30 foot line. So you step up and do you do this hesitantly? Do you kind of like take two slow steps or do you kind of like rush? Um, I think it's methodical. I think in their head they've shifted into sparring practice mode, but with spells plus spells. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so it is. It is, Tal is under the impression that they are here to learn, so they're not just going to rush into this. So they are going to take, like, a handful of purposeful steps forward and then plant themselves and then... You 
take those steps forward and you look at the Norn and reach your hands out, trying to gather the shadows, and you pull them in that 30-foot line directly at them. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody there. And you look around you, and to the opposite end of the glade is the Norn. Nope. I'm sorry. I was over here. I wasn't over there. What? Um. She is now 40 feet away from you in the opposite direction. And the way in from your perception, she was always there. You were confused. She took, when she stepped forward, she stepped to the right. She didn't step to the left. Hmm. That's okay. That's just a mistake. You can go again. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well. Uh... And still in front of you, wherever you turn, is the light glint of a thread that's in front of you, coming out of your chest. Hmm. Okay. Cal is going to close their eyes. And they're going to reach forward and twist their finger around the thread. Kind of twisting it up in their finger a little bit. A little sort of sourceless, an excited little giggle. And then she is going to pull with the intention mm. of pulling not them to Tao but pulling hard enough that Tao gets to them whatever that manifests <laughs> yeah that's that's the, the that's the intent behind the action so let's see here This feels so very anime, and I just... (laughs) (laughs) You feel the thread with your eyes closed that you wrap around your finger. And you, in your mind's eye, visualize that thread connected in the direction of the Norn. And instead of... you, You pull, but you pull yourself in that towards her. And as you do, you open your eyes and see yourself standing where you step forward in the glade when you landed in the glade and you see the Norn next to you. And she just smiles at you. Good job. What happened? We just got here. That's the sound of my brain exploding. (laughs) Now. Try to get a hit on me. And you see her step to the left and go in a stride 40 feet to the opposite end of the glade. Hmm. 
Tal is going to keep their eyes open this time and it's going to do the same thing trying that what they're what they what they're trying to piece what they're piecing together is somehow that they don't get yet this is rewinding things kind of hmm. and so what they are trying to do is to go back to the moment where they quote unquote just got there and give a little Give it a little tap to next door neighbor as soon as they arrive. <laughs> so you touch the string with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. And as you touch it, you see the thread as it continues from you. You suddenly see glints of multiple threads splitting out from it in front of you. And you go to do it again. But before you can, you hear a disappointed voice. The past isn't any fun. You wanted to learn more about the future. Tal turns around. Because if the past is in front of me, then what's behind me? You see a thread in front of you. Tal reaches out with the other hand. Again, a splinter of multitudes of threads come out from the, like, the like wherever you touch it, like, immediately after that, it splinters into multitudes of threads pointing in different directions. Does it feel different? Make me a perception check. Nineteen. It feels the same. The thread in front of you is the same. You think perhaps it has more to do with your specific actions in the direction in which you face. Okay. Before you pulled in a specific direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... There's been there's been moments tells tells remembering moments where they've seen multiple things, multiple outcomes, potentials. Mm-hmm. So they know that there is somewhere a an outcome where Tal is able to physically touch this person, this entity. You feel so, you are you looking for that? 
Are you looking? Yes. To- so, so that's what they what they're going to do is they they want to try to find one of those outcomes. Make me. Make me, make me a spell attack roll. Oh. <laughs> okay. Natural one. Hmm. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> roll it again. Okay. Nah, it's a two. <laughs> so we're on eleven. <laughs> you go trying to like figure this out and unconsciously um start to sort of like pull on the thread, trying to like like almost like searching for, you know, uh, these threads and where they go. Um and perhaps without intending to you are kind of like lost in thought. You're staring at this and you're starting to just sort of like pull a little too quickly. Mm-hmm. And a large hand kind of clasps over yours and she's like, oh, we are a little too quick there. Here, try this. And she takes the thread in front of you. And then the other hand takes like either end, leaving a little bit of a space. And then she loops it. Now two different points are in one. And as the thread sort of crosses where it touches, she hands it out to you. And when you go, and as soon as you touch it, those visions of multitudes of potentials and futures you see yourself casting grim tendrils in a certain direction and you see one that the Norn is standing there and you look and you see that the Norn is also standing to your right and you see yourself standing next to the Norn on the right and it's all these in the same venue of like the potentials of futures that you see you see a future that you cast grim tendrils you see a future where the Norn is not there you see everything that has yet to happen uh, in that very moment as a potential. And as that sort of slips from your fingers, it disappears. make sense of all of it I'm practice you have time here no one's gonna bother you for a little bit they'll come get you for dinner we can practice try it again
Tau will practice. Tau <laughs> continues. Tau wants to be the very best. <laughs> like no one ever was or will be. You spend the next indefinite amount of time practicing, manipulating the threads. She guides you. She stops you. She talks to you. You do not land a hit on her. Yeah. In no future that you are able to see as you continue to practice, are you able to? But practice you do. And as a witch, you gain the basic lesson as part of your level up. This is not a lesson that you will see on Archives of Nethys. I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) This is the lesson of the future. The future. The hex you gain is Diviner's Sight. You glimpse this is going to customized be a going to have the addition of the hex trait. It does not naturally. You're going to have it have a hex trait. Okay. So it follows the hex rules. You glimpse into the target's future and roll a d20. When the target attempts a non-secret saving throw or skill check, it can use the number you rolled instead of rolling and the spell ends. Alternatively, you can instead reveal the result of the die roll for one of the target's secret checks during the duration and the spell ends. So you can apply it if you don't know, you can apply it if you know. And casting it again ends the act of Diviner's Sight. So you have gained the Hex ability to pick a willing creature and glance into their future. Looking at all you classmates. You mm, like grab your fingers in your future also now. <laughs> gain <laughs> the spell. <laughs> Ark is definitely unwilling, but get wrecked. I'm gonna make it willing. <laughs> we'll make a believer out of you. Listen, uh, I'm just gonna pick a will. timeline in which you were willing. So there. <laughs> um, the spell you gain for this basic lesson is déjà vu. Uh, You loop a thought process in the target's mind, forcing it to repeat the same actions over and over again. You find when you loop the thread twice around your finger in that way and expend some of that spellcasting energy, you can force a repetition of the present into the future. Um, And that is for a whole, you know, the whole round of actions and there's all the details on that. Yeah, it was a spell that I was looking at picking up too. I was listen. There's some really cool stuff in there, y'all. There's some cool spells. Um. So, congrats on your basic lesson. Yeah, yeah. I finally <laughs> leveled up, everybody. <laughs> the last piece of the puzzle. So many. Um. Eventually, you wake up. Knowing these spells, knowing this lesson. And 
You awaken your hammock as you were last with Nim curled up on your stomach. You notice a letter has been slid under your door. Very carefully move Nim to a little, like, smaller hammock. Oh, God. <laughs> they have their own little hammock. Of course they do. <laughs> um, oh, it's it's above. It's a little hammock that's above where oh, yes, Tal sleeps. Yes, yes, anyway, um, and we'll scamper down there. See who's got, got a letter from. It is a letter to addressed to Taliatya of the Sojourning Song. As you open it, you quickly identify a letter from your mother and father. Oh. <laughs> it's a loving message. They say they're proud of your achievements and how strong you've grown. How confident you seem. You're strict struck a little bit by that parallel of just being told how much you've grown. But anyways, you continue reading. And though perhaps you may have expected it, you now see it confirmed on the page. The Sojourning Song Circus has packed up and left Natambu. They're continuing on their travels, and you see them say that goodbyes are hard, and they did not want to make it any harder for you. But another slip of paper slides out from behind, and you see a note from your brother. It's short, and it reads, Don't worry. Here's the towns on our updated travel plan, so you better still send letters. And then below the list is scribbled a small addition. P.S. I've convinced Dad to work on making the events that happened in the auditorium into a play. It's going to be so popular, we'll sell out every night and make even more than last year. Take that, Uncle T. <laughs> And with growth and perhaps slightly conflicted feelings, but no longer able to deny that indeed time is moving on and people are moving on from the events that have just recently transpired. We will end this one on one session. Oh! <laughs>